AM 1160, WYLL Chicago. Welcome to the Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus. Our world is full of incomplete solutions, leaving people searching for more. God's only solution for all mankind, for all time, is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Grow in relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, because your purpose is far greater than the day-to-day circumstances of life. Let's join Greg for the Solution Radio Show as he shares from God's Word with us today. Today I'd like to spend some time in Philippians chapter 2 looking at the topic of joy in service. Uh, For the past couple months, uh, time and time again when I go to read God's Word in the morning to start my day, my mind has been drawn to Philippians chapter 2. This chapter in the Bible has some wonderful instruction for us for practical application. You know, when we read and study God's Word, our goal should be to grow closer in our relationship with God as our Heavenly Father. We don't just read and study God's Word to gain more knowledge. What a tremendous waste of time to only have head knowledge about God and not really know Him or have the the practical application of that knowledge to the end that we grow in our experiential relationship with God as our Heavenly Father and living the way that He designed for us to live because of what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. You know, have you ever known someone that maybe they have a relationship with someone that's high in stature in the eyes of the world? Maybe their dad is the governor of the state or the mayor of the town you live in. Or possibly their Aunt Millie was once a famous actress. Or their high school best friend now plays major league sports because of their relationship with someone well-known in the eyes of the world, they may think highly of their own self-importance. And they make sure that you know who they know. Well, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he's our heavenly father. It's an eternal relationship that is far more rewarding than what the world could ever offer. It's important for us to recognize that a knowledge of God without a relationship with him leads to an arrogant and sometimes haughty attitude. We should desire to go beyond just knowing about God to the end that we walk and talk with God as our Heavenly Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it states that knowledge puffs up. In other words, knowledge, just for knowledge's sake, will cause the one with the knowledge to be filled with their own self-importance. In Philippians, we're going to see the example of Jesus Christ. He was never arrogant. He was never haughty. Jesus Christ was a humble man. He walked and talked with the living God. He is our example today. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote Philippians, he was in prison in Rome. It was written after he had written Ephesians, and the book of Ephesians shows us the great mystery of the church of the one body that both the Judean and the Gentile were were to be a part of, the same church in Christ, and that now in Christ they have both a full and unhindered access to God. And that includes us today who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians instructs us to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. It doesn't say to make the unity of the Spirit. It's already been made in Christ. We now are to keep it. Well, How do we keep it? That's a a logical question to ask. Well, by practically living God's word towards others while having a tight 
and loving relationship with the Creator of the heavens and the earth. That's how we can keep the unity of the Spirit. Philippians was written to correct practical error that had occurred in the church. Philippians' emphasis is on being like-minded and in maintaining the unity of the Spirit with a joyful heart. You know, God's children, we are to be as sweet as honey in the sense that people are drawn to us because of the love, the care, and the concern that you have for others. You know, I enjoy hanging out with people that I know hang out with God. Now, if you have your Bible handy, uh, let's start here in Philippians chapter 2. We'll start in verse 1. It says here, If there be therefore any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any tender mercies, bowels and mercies is tender mercy. It's not a a judgmental know-it-all because of knowledge that has puffed someone up. Rather, it's a merciful and tender heart towards others. You know, that's how God has that merciful and tender heart towards each of us. Verse 2, Fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Well, it sort of ties those two verses together in the sense that if there be encouragement in Christ, then be like-minded. If there be any comfort of love, then have the same love one toward another. If there be fellowship of the Spirit, then be of one accord or join together. If there be tender mercies, well then, be of one mind. Think the word. Let's continue here in verse 3. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, we are to do nothing with the motivation of selfish ambition or empty glory, which really has no lasting substance. Isn't that so often the way of the world? You know, quote, unquote, do whatever you have to do to get ahead. Or, what does it matter if others are stepped upon as you climb up the ladder as long as you get yours? You know, isn't that the way that people in the world think so often? In contrast to that, let's have a humble heart that looks to serve others. We are to have an attitude of service rather than selfish ambition. Really, the greater your position or your responsibility, the greater should be your service to others. A true leader doesn't look for others to serve them. No, rather, a true leader looks to serve others. The world is the exact opposite of that. It seems in the world, the greater the position within a company or the greater the political position, the more they look to be served rather than to serve. That's not a true leader. The position was not gained because of service and humility in those situations. The position many times was bought either with money or influence of people. Well, let's continue here on verse 5. It says, uh, and in this verse, it's going to give us the key, an essential key. If you have a desire to live a life of service for God to others, here in verse 5 of Philippians 2, It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Literally, it means, think the thoughts that Christ thinks. 
you put on the mind of Christ. God is not going to control your mind. God's not going to make you think a certain way. You, by the freedom of your will, must put on the mind of Christ. In order to think the thoughts that Christ thinks, we need to know who Christ is and his heart of service in humility. In the next couple of verses, they're going to show us the heart that Jesus Christ had behind his motivation for living the life that he lived. Uh, let's continue in verse 6. Who, Jesus Christ, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus Christ did not use his position as God's only begotten Son for his own personal gain. If anyone could have said, Look at me, serve me, I'm God's only begotten Son, it would have been the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't do that. He didn't use what his Heavenly Father had given him to vaunt himself or to try and control others. He came to serve. He served in humility with obedience to God. Just triggered in my mind, I think it's in the Gospel of John, I think it's uh, chapter 13 at the time, uh, very near to the Last Supper, when Jesus Christ uh, washed the feet of his apostles. And it says, if I quote this accurately, that he served them unto the end. And that word end is not referring to time. It's referring to he did all that he needed to do with a humble heart of service. He carried out in full all that his heavenly Father had instructed him and had shown him that what was needed in order to redeem mankind. So that's so key. Jesus Christ did not use his position as God's son for personal gain or for selfish ambition. He fully completed all that God had raised him up to do, all the way to his obedience to death on the cross. You know, in just a few verses in this chapter coming up, we're going to see how his example of obedience ties into our putting on the mind of Christ to the end of your obedience, because we too can be obedient as Jesus Christ was. Now, we surely don't need to be obedient unto death, but we can be obedient unto the working that God works within us of his good pleasure to fulfill his purpose of what he's designed for your purpose in life to be. Jesus Christ died for us so that we could live. Let's continue here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. The most powerful name in all of God's creation is the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. The most powerful name in all of God's creation. We'll continue on here looking at Philippians chapter 2 after this short break. Please be sure to visit thesolutionradioshow.com. 
This is the Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, exploring God's solution for all mankind, for all time, Jesus Christ. We saw before the break that Jesus Christ is the most powerful name, that God gave him a name above all names. Well, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that prayers are answered. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that men and women are saved. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that's greater than any disease or sickness. The name of Jesus Christ is greater than the name of depression or suicide or emptiness or cancer or hate or violence or weather disasters. The name of Jesus Christ spoken on the lips of believing it always, always brings deliverance. Deliverance like the Christian church for the most part has not seen since the first century. But you know, God has not changed. God is still there. That name is just as powerful today as the day that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Religion, tradition, fear, ignorance, all of those have stifled the power and the authority found in the name of Jesus Christ in the hearts and lives of God's people. It's time that we come back to God's word. It's time that we come back to a relationship with God as our father and recognize what he has given us in Christ. And part of what he's given us is that we can use the name of Jesus Christ and expect things to happen. You know, when the name of Jesus Christ is spoken, it always will cause a reaction by those that are within hearing distance. Either their reaction will be one of joy or their reaction will be one of anger. You know, let me ask a question. Why do governments and unbelievers try to shut down people's freedom to speak the name of Jesus Christ? Why do they do that? Because we are in a spiritual battle. <laughs> That's why God's archenemy, the devil, does not want that name spoken. Because as it says in verse 11, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Those in opposition to the name of Jesus Christ, they are in opposition to the one true God. They may win temporary battles in the arena of public opinion, or the corrupt courts of our day, but they have lost the eternal war. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, and there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Because of Jesus Christ's humble obedience, God has highly exalted him and set him at his own right hand. Now let's continue here in Philippians 2 and verse 12. It says, by us, well, before I read the verse, by us putting on the mind of Christ, we are able to be obedient in service to God, just as Christ Jesus is. And verse 12 is where we're going to see this. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out, and that word work out is to produce or to demonstrate, your own salvation or your wholeness with respect and obedience. The text there in the King James says fear and trembling, but both of those verses would be much better translated and based on their meaning as respect and obedience. So let me read that verse again. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, produce or demonstrate your wholeness with respect and obedience. Remember, Jesus Christ said in the Gospel of John that he always did the Father's will and that of his own self he could do nothing. 
we too are to look to the Father to do His will and to serve Him by His direction. Verse 13 shows us how. For it is God which works in you, both to will and to do, of His good pleasure. Wow! God works in you. The Creator of the heavens and the earth works in you. How does he do that? Well, when a man or a woman becomes born again of God's Spirit, they receive from God his gift of Holy Spirit. The gift is in every fiber of your being, and it restores each of us to what Adam lost in the Garden of Eden and really so much more because it's unconditional, it's eternal life spirit. You're now complete in Christ. You have all that the Father has made available in Christ. Since you have received all that he has made available in Christ, you are able and worthy to receive direction and inspiration from the creator of the heavens and the earth. God is in every fiber of your being. He is intimately acquainted with your heart and your life. His spirit within you is the real you. You are uniquely outfitted to do the works that God has prepared since before the foundation of the world for you to do. You're not your own. (laughs) Your Father works within your heart and life with thoughts, desires, inspiration. He is many times very specific to the most minute detail. And then other times it's just quite general. But as you move in the direction of the directing of the Spirit, the specifics become known. A tremendous verse that uh, ties into this Philippians 2.13 is is found in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read here verses uh, 8 through 10. Verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith or believing, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. It says there, You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before prepared, that you should walk in them. You're saved by grace. God's abundant favor by believing on his solution, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not of me, it's not of you, and it's not anything that any of us could have ever done or didn't do. It's a gift from God. It's not of our works. You can't just pray enough to receive spirit. You can't read the Bible enough. You can't help the poor enough. You can't, you fill in the blank enough. It's by God's grace that we are saved because of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. And it's not of any of those things of our flesh, lest any of us should boast and say that we did it on our own, or that any of us would claim that we had a better salvation than any other person because of all that we did or didn't do. It's totally by God's grace. Then this remarkable verse in verse 10, let's read it again, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before prepared that you should walk in them. We're God's workmanship. We're his masterpiece. We are created in Christ Jesus. Of our body, soul, and spirit, what part is created in Christ Jesus? That's the Spirit, the gift of Holy Spirit that each of us has received in the new birth. That's the part that's created in Christ Jesus. And unto what purpose? unto good works. These are the good works that your Father has prepared for you to do, 
These works are proceeding from God's working within you according to his good pleasure, as we saw in Philippians 2.13. Wow, how remarkable. What a wonderful life we have to live. Don't ever think that you don't have a purpose. Don't ever think that your life isn't worth it. Your life is worth all that God has to give. And it began with the giving of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his life, death, resurrection, ascension into heaven, and then on the day of Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit. Your life is so valuable. The value of something is indicated by the the price paid for it. Well, the price paid for you was the life, the life of Jesus Christ. God works within you by way of his Spirit. And what he works within you are the desires and the good works that he has prepared or ordained for you to walk into. He works within you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Tell yourself that multiple times throughout the day. Thank the Father. Say, Father, I thank you that you are just so gracious, so good, so kind to me. Thank you for what Jesus Christ has accomplished for me. Thank you, Father, that you work within me to will and to do of your good pleasure. It literally becomes your natural impulse and your natural desire to do the works that your heavenly Father works within you. And you know what? With all those works, you are fully equipped to carry out because of the righteousness, the sanctification, the acceptance in the beloved, the forgiveness of your sins and your redemption that you received from our Heavenly Father. The Spirit of God within you, it is powerful and it is mighty and it energizes and it changes situations. The Spirit, combined with the name of Jesus Christ spoken on believing lips, it causes the evil realm to shake at its very core. It sure does. Evil trembles in the presence of a child of God who knows his purpose, who knows his calling in Christ. Darkness must flee when God's children live in the realm of the supernatural by taking heed to the working of God within and the walking out of the good works that have been prepared since the beginning of time. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. What things? The things that God works within you. Don't argue with God. Your life has a purpose. Obedience and service to your heavenly Father will absolutely result in great reward for you throughout all eternity. So what if your neighbors, your coworkers, your relatives think you're crazy? You're on a winning team with God. Dare to live the life of joy and service that God has called you to. That you might be blameless and harmless. In verse 15 it says, The sons of God, holding forth the word of life. Hold forth that word of life. Recognize that in your position as a son of God, you are to live a life of obedience to God in service to others. There is great joy in knowing that you are living in the center of God's will. Thank you for listening today. Go forth with all that God has in store for you. God bless you. The Solution Radio Show archives are available at thesolutionradioshow.com, along with resources to encourage and help you in your walk with God. The Solution Radio Show is supported by listeners like you. Make a donation today to join in sustaining God's work at thesolutionradioshow.com. You've been listening to The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, and we thank you for joining us today. God bless you. You are God's very best.